Welcome back. It's the Ways to Flourish podcast where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. I'm Lindsay Heck. And I'm Jenny Hellman-Dollar. And today we are talking to Amy Schwemm, who is a junior majoring in psychology and kinesiology, and she's also on the women's volleyball team. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. All right. So just to get into it, today we're talking about mental health in sports and mental health for student athletes here at the college. So would you like to share just some of your experiences regarding mental health and just your role generally on the volleyball team? Yeah, absolutely. So mental health has been something I've been really passionate about for a long time now, and I knew coming into college that it was going to be a big adjustment playing at the Division One level. I'm from Chicago, Illinois, so I'm 13 hours away from home. And then on top of it, you had COVID into the mix, and there were just a lot of moving parts, and I just wanted to be a part of creating a change in the NCAA and in college athletics. I got involved with an organization called The Hidden Opponent, coming into my freshman year. And The Hidden Opponent is an organization designed to break the stigma surrounding mental health in college athletics and start the discussion and just encourage people to speak up when something isn't right. So that's kind of where my journey really took off. And it has only grown since then. My role within The Hidden Opponent has grown. And I've kind of done my best to bring that to William & Mary, bring that to my team, bring that to the athletic department, and just do what I can to help be a part of that change. And Hidden Opponent, is that like a registered student organization? So it's nationwide. Um, It was started by a volleyball player from Southern California, but it's open to all sports. It's mostly for college students, but we have some high school and some like post-grad who are still involved. That has been a really cool experience, not only to educate myself, but also just to kind of learn how to help others and guide others and just continue being a part of um, breaking that stigma. Coming into a new campus, a new environment is a stressful change Mm -hmm. for, for anyone. How does adding that layer of your experience as a student athlete come into play? Yeah, totally. It's a big change. And you can think you're as prepared as you can be and you're not until you get here and experience it for yourself. I will add on top of it, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease my freshman year coming in. So that was just another layer for me. And it honestly just felt like every part of my life was changing all at once. And there was a lot of good that came out of it too. You know, you're automatically connected with a team of girls that just become your friends right away Um, but there's also just so much pressure and so much on your plate all while you're trying to familiarize yourself with the new environment that you're in so it's a lot of moving parts a lot of kind of just re-identifying yourself as not only an athlete but as a person Um, and I think it's very easy to lose sight of that especially right when you get here There's an element of glamour, allure to the student athlete, you know, see you all out there highly producing, spotlight is on you. What are some of those additional pressures that you face as a student athlete? Yeah, so a big, big part of that is social media. Like you're saying, the only thing you see on social media are the highlight reels and the gear day and the travel videos and all of those things that are so special and so cool as being a college athlete that I would never take for granted. But 
just like with mental health, there's a whole another side of it that you don't see. And you don't see the pressure on us all the time to produce. You don't see the bad practices. You don't see the lack of sleep and the homework assignments piling up. And especially at a school like William & Mary where academics are of the utmost importance and it's a competitive school to begin with, it's just you're constantly on go. And learning how to take a step back and protect your mental health and protect your mind while you're adjusting and also still being able to produce is a really hard thing to do. And it takes time and it takes trial and error, I would say. And that's, to me, one of the things that stands out most, taking the time. Like you have to have the time to be able to restore your mind, be able Mm -hmm. to restore your body. And on the demanding schedules, what does that time management piece look like for you? Yeah, that's been something that has been of just the highest degree of importance for me is learning how to manage that time. Thankfully, I have always been a pretty organized person. I like live and die off of my planner. Um, And beyond that, it's just communicating with the people around me as best I can. That includes professors, coaches, athletic trainers, friends, um, and really just building in time to your day, even when it feels like you have no time to take care of yourself and learning how to prioritize everything. That's not just school assignments. That's how your body is feeling. That's amount of sleep you're getting. Are you eating enough? Those sorts of things that often get pushed to the back burner when it feels like you just have no time. So having a planner and just really structuring out my day and including in that structure time to take care of myself, whatever that looks like day to day, has been super important for me. And something I feel like I've noticed on this campus, I mean, of course, I haven't had the experience of being at other schools, but something I think I've seen here is that there is a larger disconnect between student athletes and the Mm. rest of the student body do you think like student athlete culture really is that different and also how do you think that came to be yeah I think that things like that are super unfortunate because for me having connections outside of the world of athletics has been so helpful for me I think it's easy to get stuck in the athletics realm because of the sheer amount of time that we spend in it not even just with your team alone but when you're in the training room or the weight room or things like that um, social events mixers things of that nature um, it's just so easy to not really be willing to branch out or to connect with other people and I think that that's where it starts from it's comfortable and you know that you're all kind of going through something similar but I would encourage athletes and non-athletes to connect with each other because I think there's a lot to learn from each other, whether or not you're going through something similar. And ultimately, an athlete's schedule is very crazy, but most people's schedules are very crazy. And if you're not an athlete, you might have a job or be involved in clubs or being doing something like this, like running a podcast is so cool. So I think that When you're in the heat of it, you're in season, it's easy to feel like you're the only one who's busy and the only one who's going through it. And that's just not true. Do you feel like you hear things from like fellow players or your coaches or people like outside the athletic sphere that are putting more pressure on you to perform? Um, 
Yes. I think that I've been very fortunate within the volleyball program to have such a supportive staff behind me. I don't know that the pressure necessarily comes from the staff as much, but I had the chance to speak last season and I had a video play this season. Um, And one of the things I addressed was, you know, you're a fan in the stands and you get so angry when you see a mistake and it's like, okay, well, we're human. And obviously if we could play a perfect game every single time, it would be awesome. We'd be on the Olympic roster or something, but that's not how that works. And there are also just so many variables that a lot of people don't think about. Number one being school and injury and burnout and all of these things that are a part of making us who we are. We're more than stats. We're more than the number on our back. Um, So that's kind of like the main message that I would want to get across is it's very easy to get lost in the numbers and forget that there's a person behind them too. It's genuinely so crazy the thought that like a fan would be genuinely upset if someone on the court like didn't do something right. It's like I guess you could go out (laughs) yeah yeah it's just crazy like how much pressure we put on sports in general because obviously like for some people it is sure like a profession Mm -hmm. but also at the end of the day like there's life beyond sport too yeah student athletes have access to um dr deirdre conley what are some of the the resources that are available to you as a student athlete that you would advocate for your peers in that sphere to access? Yeah, Dr. Connolly is wonderful. Um, I would encourage everyone to talk to her if they haven't yet. I think beyond that, it's kind of about finding what works for you, whether that be using the wellness center and the resources that are available here or finding sources outside of the wellness center, outside of William & Mary. Like I said at the beginning, a lot of taking care of yourself and taking care of your mental health comes from trial and error, and you might not find the right path that works for you right away. For me, I go through our athletic trainer quite a bit. Um, I have a very good relationship with her, and she has been my rock in both physical and mental challenges that I have faced. So Um, I think it's just finding who you connect with, what you connect with, the method that's going to work best for you, and running with that um, and accepting that it it might not look perfect right away or it might look different from person to person. But um, there is definitely help out there if you want it. You just have to be willing to go look for it and explore all the different avenues. And what do you see in your experience among your fellow student athletes, do you think that there is a a sense of openness in help seeking? Or do you think that there are still some barriers within that environment that exist? I definitely think there are still barriers. I think that we have gotten better collectively, and that's something that we're working towards. Um, And I think it's, it's one thing to be able to say, it's okay to not be okay. And, you know, it's okay to ask for help. And it's another to actually do it. And oftentimes you don't realize how hard it is until you're in it and you're in a position where you need help and it can be scary. But I think continuing to talk about it and have an open space of acceptance and just being willing to listen to people without judgment is only going to help in those moments where somebody does need help. I think that there's a lot of this idea that you know, athletes are tough and you don't 
see the the quote-unquote weakness you don't see the emotion the tears the the stress the depression the anxiety that is all very real and is all very buried under the surface but I think being tough also means being willing to do the uncomfortable and ask for help when you need it and that's something that is a goal of mine is just to continue working towards making that widely accepted and not something that is seen as weak And to release a lot of this tension that's placed on you, what do you do? Like, what kinds of people are you talking to? Like, what Mm. are you doing either within or outside your sport to care for yourself? Yeah. Journaling is something that has been extremely helpful for me. I also am in therapy, which has been an awesome tool for me personally. Breathing techniques um, and honestly just making sure that I have an awareness of what's going on in my body. It's really easy to just be so busy that you forget to kind of check in with yourself and see how you're really feeling and how you're doing. So that has been a priority of mine is just kind of taking a couple minutes a day to to really like sit and reflect and think about how I'm doing, how I'm feeling, if there's anything I need to do differently or change or Like I mentioned earlier, my athletic trainer is a huge resource for me. If there's anything I need to communicate with her or with my coaching staff or my mom or my friends, that has been definitely something super simple that has made a a big difference for me too. And for someone who is a student athlete or maybe not even a student athlete who's sort of stuck in that cycle of just not feeling well, what would you say to them as just a first step Mm -hmm. to change something? I would say start small. You don't have to be on a podcast right away talking about mental health. If it's your best friend or your mom or, you know, just one person that you can just say, I feel like I'm in a rut right now. Do you have any suggestions? Do you have any advice on how I can start feeling like myself again? That can oftentimes be the hardest part. And I think that it can be very surprising to be met with acceptance and love and support when you're putting labels and pressure on yourself that you're not allowed to ask for help. So um, that would be my biggest piece of advice is you don't have to conquer it all at once. You are in control and you get to share as much or as little as you'd like with as many or as few people as possible. But I think being willing to take that step and start the conversation is the most important thing that you can do for yourself. Thank you for your openness and willingness to share on on the podcast today. I know that leadership within athletics here on our campus has such a, a strong care and sense of support that they want to provide for student athletes, that there are resources within there. I'd also say that you know, within health and wellness, um, some things that might be helpful for people to access timely care, um, especially considering the limited time that you have available to you, I think is a wonderful resource with its ability to schedule counseling appointments beyond standard office hours mm. and its ability to, to narrow down the type of professional that you might be seeking. And also some of the classes that we have available here. You mentioned that you all are connected through a mindfulness (laughs) class, which I love um, its ability to help provide that restorative time, clear the mind. And I think Reiki is a fantastic, in a sense, 
assisted meditative state that we have available here too. There are a lot of really cool opportunities like the yoga classes and things of that nature that might seem a little weird or uncomfortable at first, but you're not going to know if it's something that works for you until you give it a try. And same thing with some of the other um, like mental health practices, even something like journaling or something like meditating is something that can feel a little bit foreign. And But again, you don't know until you give it a try. Not everyone is going to be the same with how they approach wellness. And so it's just important to find your own path. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right, Amy, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a really good and valuable conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you also to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Heck, Calder Sprinkle, and myself, Ginny Helmendaller. 